Today is Good Friday, the 10th of April. Good morning, children of God. On the day of the crucifixion, chapter 23 in the book of Luke, we see how Jesus was passed from pillar to post. There wasn't any substantive evidence to crucify Jesus. When Herod passed Jesus to Pilate, Pilate did not find any fault in Jesus. Pilate said in verse 23 of Luke, and he said, 22 rather, and he said unto them the third time, Why, what evil hath he done? I have found no fault of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. Verse 3, Pilate says, When he had called together the chief priests and rulers and the people, verse 14 said unto them, Ye have brought this man unto me as one that perverted the people. And behold, I having examined him before you, have found no fault in this man, touching those things whereof he accused him. Verse 15, no, nor yet Herod, for I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. Not so with Herod. The Bible records in chapter 11 that Herod, with his men of war, set Jesus at naught, and they mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him again to Pilate. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man, and release unto us Barabbas. Verse 19, Who for a certain sedition made in the city and for murder was cast into prison. Pilate, therefore willing to release Jesus, spake again to them, but they cried, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. And they were instant with loud voices, requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them and of the chief priests prevail. Herod and Pilate were enemies, but became friends on the back of the visit of Jesus to them. Child of God in First John 3 verses 8. It lets us to know he that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So for today, Good Friday, this is the reason why the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil, including this coronavirus. Jesus made this accomplish over, this accomplishment, I mean, over 2,000 years ago. Let me just remind you what Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy 1, verses 12. He said, for which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, 
I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against the day. You see, child of God, Apostle Paul, as we can see here, had a very deep relationship with Jesus. The relationship was so deep, it gave him confidence to pen. He said, I know. He said, I've suffered a lot. But through my suffering, I know whom I believed in. And for him to say that, he must have conquered a lot. He must have had some severe blows. He must have taken some licks. But he said, I know who I believed in. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. The coronavirus has cast darkness on the whole world. All you hear when you listen to the news is darkness. All you hear when you listen to the news is death. All you hear when you listen to the news are death, sadness, doom, and gloom. But it should not be so for the children of God. Should not be so for us, children of God. Children of God, you can change, we can change the atmosphere. We are atmosphere changer. We are history maker. Jesus told us to expect these things. Look how God changed the atmosphere. In the beginning, he showed us in Genesis chapter 1 that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the Bible lets us to know that and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the, the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. And the Bible said God saw the light and it was good. Can you see what I'm saying, children of God? Ask the Spirit, we need to ask the Spirit of God to hover over every place in our life, the church, the world, the university, the hospital, the universe, darkness, to hover over that darkness, hover over death, hover over that sadness, hover over every doom and gloom that prevails and release the light of God. We need to release, release, release light to destroy this demonic plague. See, the world says we are fighting an invisible force. See, they just realized that. See, the world is just coming into knowledge of this invisible force and what it is capable of doing. But we children of God knew this from the end of time. This is not news to us. We knew about these things ages ago. So with this, let us not be ignorant like us how David puts it in, in um, Psalm 32, 9. He said, be not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. 
For we know, children of God, we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We know that. We know that. Ephesians 6, 12. But we wrestle not against fresh flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ours is to, child of God, put on the whole armor of God. So let us put it on and take our stance in the name of Jesus. He said when we put on the whole armor of God, we will stand against every wiles of the devil, manifesting in any shape, in any form, in any size. Watch this, child of God. Nobody could be in worse state than the thief on the cross. No one on the face of the earth could be in such dire position or state. The thief on the cross was guilty on all counts. He knew he did wrong and got what he deserved. But when he asked Jesus to remember him when he goes into his father's kingdom, he did not preach to Jesus. He just asked Jesus, please could you remember me? And Jesus said to him, today, and I like the word today. Why? Because Jesus acted straight away to help him. Jesus acted disregarding the state he was in, the blood that was pouring from every part of his body, the, 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 the crown of thorn on his head at the same time, with the sword in his side at the same time, with the nails in his feet and his hands at the same time. He turned to the thief and the cross to minister to him. He said, Thou shalt be today, yes, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Wow, thou shalt be with me in paradise today. I like the word today. Today, not tomorrow, not, not next year, not in two minutes time, but today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Have a lovely good Friday, saints. May God's light and peace be with you, your family, and upon the body of Christ, on all of God's children. Have a blessed and peaceful day. Thank you. God bless. This is part one of my teaching entitled, The Power of Jesus in You After You Believe. My text is taken from Mark 16, verse 14 to 20, and I read, Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, 
thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. So the Bible let us know when Mary told the disciples that she, this was in the earlier scriptures, that she had seen Jesus and that he had risen from the dead, the disciples did not believe Mary. The disciples also learned that Jesus had appeared to others in other regions, but the disciples still did not believe. One of Jesus' disciples called Thomas said, except I see the nail print in his hands and sides, I will not believe. Jesus himself upbraided the disciples with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. What am I trying to show you? I'm trying to show you great things happen when you believe in Jesus. The terms Bible translators use to describe the things that happens after we believe, you believe, are signs, wonders, and miracles. But Jesus did not call what he did signs, wonders, and miracles. Jesus calls them the works. Is there anything wrong with the terms Bible translators uses to describe the works of Jesus? No. My teaching under the precious guidance of the Holy Spirit is to bring awareness to children of God so children of God can know and recognize the power of the Spirit of God and what they carry and what is resident in them, what is tabernacled in them. Firstly, Jesus was created God first before he became man. Jesus was 100% God but 100% man as well. When God say, says in Genesis, let us make man in our image and likeness, God was referring to Jesus as man first. Why? Because Jesus, the son of man, was the only man on the face of the earth that pleases God. So when Jesus healed, healed the sick, heals the sick, raises the dead, delivers people from various sicknesses and diseases, sets suffering captives free, these were the innate qualities and abilities that Jesus possessed, that Jesus had, that the Spirit of God had endowed in him. They were not strange to Jesus. It was not strange to Jesus to heal or to deliver or to raise from the dead. And that is why when he raised Lazarus, he prayed a thank you prayer first. And the reason why Jesus wept, he didn't wept because he, he wept because of the unbelief 
that he saw in the people. So they were not strange to Jesus. They were just natural. They came natural to him. They were natural in eight qualities given to Jesus, given to, uh, that Jesus possessed. And these natural innate qualities are also given to children of God who believe in Jesus. Watch this, John chapter 14, and I'm going to read from verse 5 to 10. And I read, Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If he had known me, he should have known my Father also. And from henceforth he know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet Hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am the Father, Philip, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Can you see what I'm saying, children of God? Jesus points out to Philip, Philip, it is not me. It is the Father that resided in me, resides in me, that is doing the work. He said, Philip, when you see me, you see the Father. The words that I speak, the works that I do, they are done by the Father. Believest thou not that I am the Father, and the Father in me, Philip? The words that I speak unto you, I do not speak it of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the work. So Jesus was highly offended when somebody challenged how he had obtained his power. In Matthew twelve thirty-two to 26, In Matthew chapter 12, to 27. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. So, children of God, I just want to stop here to show you yeah, the attributes of the devil. The attributes of the devil are blind and dumb. The Bible let us know, Apostle Matthew, verse 22, then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb. And he healed him. He here is Jesus. And he healed him in so much that the blind and dumb both speak, spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, 
and the prince of devil. So they knew that the prince of Beelzebub and devils, they too have the ability to cast out devil. And Jesus knew their thoughts. Wonderful Jesus knew their thoughts. He could read them up. The Bible said Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself and shall then his kingdom stand. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. So what am I trying to say to you, children of God? I'm trying to tell you how this guy was attacking the monarchy that resides in Jesus, that Jesus was telling Philip about. Jesus said, when you see me, Philip, you see the Father. Jesus said to Philip, Philip, the words that I speak and the works that I do, they are done by the Father. Believest thou not that I am the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. I'm trying to tell you, children of God, when the kingdom of God is come unto you and I, the power to cast out devils are endowed in you and I. And it's nothing spooky, it's nothing magical, it's natural, it's an endowed power of God. Amen. That is, that is naturally endowed in us when we believe in God. Translators call the works that Jesus did, they call them signs and wonders and miracles. But Jesus calls them the kingdom of God or the works of my Father. Amen. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God, that's what Jesus calls it, the kingdom of God is come unto you. In other words, the works and the things Jesus did are natural things that happens when we're in the kingdom. When we're in the kingdom, these natural power, amen, comes on the inside of us when we believe in Jesus. That is why Jesus tells his disciples, go preach the kingdom. Things that happens when we are in the kingdom. John chapter 9 verse 4. And Jesus, and as Jesus passed by, he saw, this is an example of what happened when we are in the kingdom. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. This is John chapter 4. I'm reading verse 2 now. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. 
So the work that Jesus did are attributable, are called kingdom living. Amen. This is a kingdom lifestyle. This was the lifestyle of Jesus. They are called the God kind of life. They are called mountain top, live, top living. They are called healings. They are called restorations. The work that Jesus did, they are called recoveries. They are called breakthrough. They are called deliverance. They are called the works of God given to children of God. They are natural to children of God. They are called the power to perform. Amen. And the power to perform must not be misconstrued or labeled magic because I heard a lot of pastors are saying magic. Oh, this is magical. There is nothing magical about the work that Jesus did. It's natural. Amen. It's a natural power that, was, that is endowed by the Spirit of God. A magical are of the devil. Amen. And it must not be misconstrued. Amen. It must not be misconstrued or associated with magic. And this is the reason why Jesus reacted like that when he said this is um, challenge, when he challenged him saying that he must have cast him out by the spirit of Beelzebub. Jesus don't use Beelzebub. Jesus is bigger and greater and more powerful than Beelzebub. Beelzebub have to bow at the name of Jesus. So the power to perform, the power that Jesus, that was endowed in the Spirit of God, in Jesus, what he told Thomas, that when you see me, you see Jesus. When I speak, when you see me, you see God. When I speak, it's not me that speak it. Jesus said to, to Thomas, Jesus said to Philip, it is the Spirit of God. Amen. So Jesus was highly offended when this claim was made against him. The people looking on are the ones that describes the acts of Jesus. Um, when he cured their sickness, their diseases, their oppressions, depressions, cruelty, torments, nuisances, plagues, um, lame, barrenness. They are the ones that said, oh my God, this is miraculous. Amen. We call him miracle worker. We call him promise keeper. But, and there's nothing wrong in saying the, calling him these names. But Jesus never called himself a miracle worker. The Bible lets us to know he went about doing good, healing those who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He called it good. But nothing is wrong with the list above. But I just want you to know the works that Jesus did was natural to him. That is what the kingdom of God does. They are innate qualities and abilities that are given to children of God when they are in the kingdom of God. John chapter 9. And I'm going to read from verse 1 to 4. And, and as Jesus passed by... He saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man or his parents? I'm reading it again. That he was born blind. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sin nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. 
I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. I just repeat, uh, repeated that again. That Jesus calls it the works. I must work the works of him that sent me. In the case of the woman, the woman at the well, Jesus said, I must have need to go over to Samaria. In the case of the woman who was caught up in the act of adultery, Jesus said to her, Woman, where art thou thy accusers? And Jesus addressed the sin, Go, woman, go thy way and sin no more. Jesus said to the disciples, Who do men say that I am? Some say you are John the Baptist. Some say, some disciples repeated, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah. Some say you're one of the prophets. Do you notice nobody called him signs? None of the people who were describing who Jesus was, nobody called him signs and wonders and miracles. No, they say some say he was Elijah. Some say he was John the Baptist. Some say he was Jeremiah. Some says he was one of the prophets. But I like the way Apostle Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 to 5. Listen to Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians 2, and I'm going to read from 1 to 5. He said to the Corinthians church, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus and Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God I just like the way Apostle Paul puts it he said in verse 4 my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power I like that Amen. That is the kingdom of God resident on the inside of us. The kingdom of God is the spirit of God in, 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 and his power. Amen. And that is what this teaching is all about. That the spirit of God is resident on the inside of us and is the natural and the innate qualities and power that God has given to us children of God who believe in Jesus. So I'm going to stop, stop there for today and next week I come with the rest of the teaching. And I pray. And Holy Father, Righteous Father, thank you for this wonderful privilege that you have given to us in Christ Jesus 
and for the opportunity you have granted us to minister the precious word of God. Minister is the man or the woman of God and ministry is the opportunity that you have given to the man or the woman of God to share God's word with his children. We thank you, Papa God, for this wonderful word that you have given me to share with your children. Find a way to release yourself, your entirety and your totality of the kingdom of God that is resident on the inside of me so children of God can feel you, so children of God can hear you, so children of God can touch you, Papa God. Let me decrease and you increase. Let children of God know that the innate power and abilities that were resident in Jesus to heal, to save, to deliver, to prosper, to break through, to take authority, to preach, to teach, to intercede, to proclaim, to praise and worship are in the inside, resident on the inside of us while the same while Jesus was ministering on the earth the same power that you gave to Jesus is, a, this, is the same power that you have given to us let children of God know Jesus gave them to us as inheritance and we must use them Apostle Paul said and my speech and my teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let this teaching heal somebody. Let this teaching save somebody. Let this teaching remove unbelief. Let this teaching deliver somebody and free somebody in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask you, Papa God, to have your own way. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Sandra, checking out until next time. Thank you. God bless you. Pastor Sandra here. This week's teaching is in two parts. Part one is for Ananias and next week I will come with part two on the converted soul. My text is taken from Acts chapter 9 and I am going to read from verse 1 to 20 and I read. And Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to, to Damascus, to the synagogue, synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? 
And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand, and brought him to on, into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight forthwith. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to, to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes, as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples, which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. This word is for the converted, rehabilitated, renewed, transformed, change, born again, and new soul. As I said in my opening text, I want to announce to Ananias, Ananias, the Holy Spirit has sent me to you first. Ananias, the Holy Spirit said, if you think you have been omitted from this teaching, you have another thing coming. This teaching is for you, Ananias, first. Why? Because the Holy Spirit said to me, many children of God are carrying the calling and anointing of Ananias, 
but they allow the enemy to lock them away in fear. They allow the enemy to lock them up in hiding. The enemy has placed a bankruptcy petition on their calling. The enemy has liquidated their spiritual assets. The enemy has liquidated the plans, dreams, and purposes spiritually. The enemy has impoverished Ananias, your dreams, and the wealth and power that God has put in your, your hands, Ananias, to lay hand on great men, men of affluence. Ananias, God has put the anointing of restoration in your hand. God has anointed you to lay hands on his chosen vessel so sight can come back forthwith to them so they can bear Papa God's name before the Gentiles, before kings and the children of Israel. Anointing so the blind can see. Anointing for scales to fall from their eyes. Anointing for them to speak as the oracle of God. That is what you carry, Ananias. Ananias anointing so great men can receive baptism of the Holy Ghost for their ministry. Anoint, uh, Ananias, this is what Papa God has placed upon you. This is what you carry. Ananias, the Holy Spirit said, I must tell you, there would be nothing new about Saul hadn't it been for you and the calling on your life. Ananias, Paul cannot do without you and you cannot do without Paul, Ananias. And the same holds for you, sister Ananias, because Ananias is not male or female. Ananias is a spirit. The spirit of Ananias is neither male, I repeat, or female. Ananias is a gift that God gives to vessels of God that answers to the word sent. The name Ananias is Greek in origin. It means compassion of God. Do you carry the compassion of God? Do you carry the heartbeat of God? Do you weep for God, children of God? Do you know how Papa God takes children of God? Do you do what concerns or know what concerns Papa God? Are you tender and compassionate? towards God, towards God's work and the things of God. If you do, this teaching is for you. If you do, this teaching is for you. Now the Bible lets us know how God gave this compassion to Ananias. In other words, he carries the spirit. And God gave this compassion Ananias and Aaron with instructions to deliver to this newly convert. But the compassion of God became very fearful and began to question God. He began to tell God, don't you know this guy who you are sending me to? Don't you know this guy you are sending me to is a merciless persecutor? Do you know? He was the architect and chief that oppressed the church of Jesus Christ. I've heard many things about this, this man. 
how evil he was and how much evil he hath done to the saints at Jerusalem. And are you sending me to this guy? Don't you know that he has he had the authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on your name, Papa God? And he had this authority to bind them forthwith? Hear this, children of God. The word confirms. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayed, and as seen in a vision, a man named Ananias coming in, and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight forthwith. Ananias, it is written in black and white, it might be written in black and white. We know that. And Papa God knows that. Ananias. But the Holy Spirit has given me this word just for you. He wants to use your anointing in this pandemic. Ananias. He wants to use you to do a thing in this pandemic. Ananias. And the body of Christ. God wants you, Ananias, to take the message of the cross to children of God that the enemy has muted and put in padlock. Hear this, Ananias. God wants to use you in this season. He wants to use you and your anointing. The enemy has put a mute on the mouth of the church. Nobody is saying anything to the enemy. Nobody is challenging the enemy anymore. Nobody is confronting the enemy. Restaurants are open with free meal vouchers given to customers by the government to invite them to come out of sh their shutdowns to kickstart the, uh, the economy. Leisure centers are being opened. The zoos are being opened. Tattoo parlors are being opened. Nail and hairdresser shops are being opened. All the church is given is a small quota and restrictions to work with. And the church didn't challenge it. We are not serving a dead God, children of God. We're serving a living God. We serve a God with over 2,000 years of history behind his name. His history, proof, and integrity behind his name are real. Our Papa is the same yesterday, is the same today, and is the same forevermore. He defies restriction with the resurrection power of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He asks death, Jesus asks death, death, where is your sting? And grave, where is your victory? God wants to use you, Ananias. God wants you, you are the candidate that is equipped to deliver Saul. But though Saul was the only one in the Bible, I thought Saul, was the only one in the Bible, Pastor Sandra. No, you're thinking incorrectly. Saul is a spirit, children of God. It wasn't Saul or Paul. It was the spirit that was behind. It was the spirit that was operating. It was the spirit that using Saul against God's children, against God's work. 
Amen. It was the spirit that was behind using Saul, but not the converted. He couldn't use the converted. He couldn't use the, the, the Paul, which was full of revelation. He could, he could not use the real mystery that, that, that um, writes half the Bible, Paul. Spirit cannot die. The spirit Saul is still alive. Saul is behind the spirit that is closing down the temple to prevent children of God to enter into the temple to worship Papa God. The spirit is still alive causing havoc to the body of Christ and asking, where is your God? I heard a lot, a, a lot of people asking, where is your God in this COVID? Where is your God in this pandemic? Why don't he come and save you? The spirit is still trying to spread fear and dread and sickness and disease to the children of God. There are many children of God who has the Ananias calling on your lives. You have the anointing of restoration. You have the anointing of healing. You have the anointing to carry the baptism. You carry the baptism of the Holy Ghost in your hands. You have the anointing to cause scales to fall from the eyes of great men so they can receive sight to see. You have the anointing to cause great men, governors, officials, prime ministers to sit up straight in their chair. Ananias, you have the anointing to change the persecutors of the church of Jesus Christ. You have the ministry of Jesus Christ to heal and deliver. You are the good Samaritan. You carry the good Samaritan spirit. You have the anointing to deliver to great men and women. They are waiting on you, Ananias, to lay your hands on them. Great men and women cannot activate their purpose without your intervention, Ananias. They cannot perform without you in this season, Ananias. It only takes a, take a spark to get the fire in them going, Ananias. Stop looking at your problem, Ananias. Stop looking at what they are or, or who they were or what they were, what they did and used to do, what their past looks like. Ananias, look at the one who is bigger than the problem. Amen. And the, the word said, and Ananias went his way and entered into the house and put his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Ghost, children of God. And the Bible said, and immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And Father God, I pray for Ananias and all children of God that carries the anointing of Ananias to approach great men and the power of the Holy Ghost and laying of hands on brother Saul that Saul mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost to preach the gospel to suffer for your name and take your name to the Gentiles take your name to kings kings and the affluence in society 
I pray that the anointing of immediately will touch every calling, every child of God that has a calling of Ananias, every child of God that listens and agree, agrees with what the Spirit of God has sent me to tell them, I pray, Father God, that you will release your super to touch their natural and your, and your extra to touch their ordinary. Let your name be glorified in this pandemic, Papa God. Let your name be lifted up. You said, if I be lifted up from this earth, I will draw all men unto you. Do a new thing and demonstrate your power. The power children of God need to see and hear. Have your way in the body of Christ. And all those who are calling upon your name, let them experience your supernatural encounter. Let them experience a cause and a change in their ministry. Let this word to them be chiseling and grinding in your change to Ananias. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Sandra checking out until next week. God bless you. So this is part two from the teaching last week that I am going to deliver shortly. My text is taken from Acts chapter 9 and I'm just going to read from verse 1 to 7. Last week on the 9th of August I read from verse 1, Acts chapter 9 verse 1 to 21 but this week I am just going to take my text from Acts chapter 9 verse 1 to 7 and I read and Paul Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell on the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. So as I mentioned before, this teaching is not for the rebel soul. This teaching is not for the guy who did not sleep night or day until he murders children of God and stone them. This word is not for the rebel who bombards the governor and chief high priest's office 
with requests to authorize letters and their approval to maim and tie up and gag and um, children of God to prevent them from entering the temple of God to worship him. This word and teaching are not for the astute or for the philosophers of the Epicureans and of the stoic educated or the rebel soul that cripples the body of Christ with havoc and fear. This word or teaching is for the converted, rehabilitated, renewed, transformed, changed, born again, spirit-filled, chosen vessel unto the Lord. This teaching is to the converted soul, the vessel who God has chosen to bear the Lord's name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, the open eye soul, the preacher calls straight to straighten things out, the writer and author of the New Testament and prisoner for Christ Jesus, the history maker, the viper destroyer, the loaded apostle. But Pastor Sandra, shouldn't you be teaching Saul first before you teach Paul? Yes, that is true. Saul's experience is important. I am not removing Saul from the equation. Saul is a good experience. Saul is a good point of contact. But Saul is not the child or the children of God's resting place. Saul's experience is good, but it is not for this season, children of God, or the season for children of God to rest or to be put in quarantine, or to be put in seclusion, or a confinement, or separation. I have come to announce to the devil, Paul is not for furlough this season. Apostle Paul has great and mighty works to do. Apostle Paul cannot afford, or cannot afford to waste time to look back at former things, what he did, how he did it, who he killed, who he maimed, who he hurt, who got mutilated, who he gagged, why he did it, how he did it. The things that are killing the body of Christ, children of God, is Egypt. God has delivered us from Egypt. Although God has delivered us from Egypt, children of God are allowing the experience of Egypt to suffocate us. The enemy is causing us to focus what happened in the past more than where we are going. And this season, we need to focus on where we are going. The enemy is holding us there too long. We are staying in Lodibar too long. Paul said, Philippians 3 verses 14, I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That is where we are going, children of God. That is where we must go and what we must press for. And I like the word press. Dico, spelling D-I-O-K-O, but pronounced D-E-E-O-K-E. Dioke is the Greek word for press. Apostle Paul said, I press toward 
the mark for the price of high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Dioka means to pursue, to ensue. Pursue and ensue is to follow after. This is what the Greek says. Pursue and ensue is to follow after even in sufferings or persecutions. You don't stop there. You still follow. You press through and you ensue. In other words, the apostle is letting us to know, I will ensue. I will follow after. I will succeed. I will supervene. Even though I'm suffering, I will charge. Even if I'm facing sufferings and persecution, I will press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So how do we obtain this, Pastor Sandra? We need the conversion experience, children of God. How do we obtain this? We need the conversion experience in verse 6. Verse 6, and he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. You see, children of God, God is telling children of God to arise. I'm sure you've heard it many times. He's telling you, arise, do this, go there. I want you to go back to your parents' house. I want you to submit yourself to them. I want you to go back to your teacher. I want you to go back to your mom. I want you to go back to your parents and say, forgive me. Release a blessing upon me. I want you to do this. He said to Saul, arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do. That is the response Papa God is wanting children of God to respond. This is how he wants us to respond. That is the response Papa God is interested to hear from children of God. Saul said, Lord, is that you? And what will thou have me to do? Papa God is not interested in what you did before. Papa God is not interested in what in our past. Papa God is not interested in what or 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 how messed up we are god papa god knows he don't you think he knows that children of god god or or oh god i have been a mess how do you how how oh could i how could you love me don't ask god that question children of god don't ask him how could he love because the bible says even before the foundation of the earth, he knew about you. He knew we were going to be a mess. He knew we are a mess. He knew we were born and created in sin and shape in iniquity. So he knew. Yes, he knew. Um, don't, so don't ask him, how could he love me? I used to ask those questions. And he said to me one day, don't ask me those questions because I knew about you even before the foundation of the earth. Guess what he said to me? I knew about you before your mom met your dad. Wow. He said, I knew about you. And I still love you. And he said to me, if you were the only one on the face of the earth, I would still send Jesus to die for you. 
Wow. So don't ask him. How could he love me? I'm so bitter. I've done so much evil. Look at what I've done. I am worse than the coronavirus. You know, children of God, I heard um, children of God making these statements. Oh, she's worse than the coronavirus. Or he's worse than... Please don't say that. Please don't say that. Yeah? Because God has a cure for the coronavirus. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you mustn't rebuff sin and express regret. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying, don't stay there too long. Don't allow it to imprison you. Why? Jesus already bore yours, yours, yours and my sin in his body over 2,000 years ago. There is no deficit in our account. There is no, none. It's cleaned. The slate is clean. You check our account. Jesus has cleared our account. Amen. And, the, and he said he cast them in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered anymore. So God is, is, is interested in your future and where you and I are going. Verse 7, hear this. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. This is very interesting. And the most interesting and fundamental and vital part of the, the teaching is hearing a voice, but see no man. The men hearing a voice, but see no man. Saul hearing a voice, but see no man. It is key. I can't tell you how precious it is when you can hear the voice of God. We need to hear the voice of God in this season, especially now. Why? The enemy's mandate is causing us to focus more on Saul. But God wants the focus and emphasis to be on Paul. Paul means Pentecost. Why? Pentecost removes scales from Saul so he could see Paul. Amen. Pentecost removes scales so Saul could become Paul. Pentecost was what caused Ananias to make the journey to travel to straight, to straighten Paul to become straight. Wow. When children of God hear this word that God, the Holy Spirit, has given to me to release and to send to you, you will become straight. This word is going to cause children of God to be straight, mind straight, mood straight, heart straight, soul straight understanding straight children of God Pentecost is where where we need to keep the focus and this is all the straight that I have read or taught is only obtainable by your faith in Jesus Christ the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God amen so you're hearing the word of God and the Bible said the word of God has made us clean, wash us clean when we hear it. So Pentecost is the greatest celebration. And that's what we need to celebrate. Pentecost is jubilee. Pentecost is a celebration to celebrate the resurrection power of Jesus. What is the power of the resurrection, Pastor Sandra? Here it is. Acts 10 verse 38. It says... How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, 
who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That is Pentecost, children of God. Pentecost is what we must concentrate on, children of God, in this season. Pentecost is where we must lay the focus in this pandemic, or our master and savior, Jesus Christ. That is the greatest celebration ever. So children of God, where are you in this season? Whereabouts are you in this COVID pandemic? Which one are you? Are you Saul kicking against the pricks? Or are you the converted Paul? Saul to Paul. Are you the converted Saul to Paul? Or are you Saul kicking against the prick? Are you Saul the vessel of honor who God has chosen to bear the Lord's name before the Gentiles and kings? And the children of Israel, the open eye saw, the preacher called to straight to straighten things out, to cause children of God to be amazed, the writer and author of the New Testament and prisoner for Jesus Christ, the history maker, the viper shaker and destroyer, the loader, the loaded anointing bursting with revelation apostle, or are you a bit of both? You are kicking against the goat, but still anointed. By the way, you will get two divine impulses when you kick against the goad or prick. These two divine impulses, you will either be poisoned or stung. Kicking against the prick or goad is kentron. Kentron, K-E-N-T-R-O-N, is the Greek word for prick. Prick is a point or a center. If you kick the point or kick the center, you will be stunged or poisoned. Kick against the goad or prick is a divine impulse. You will either be stunned or poisoned. So be careful. So be careful. Be careful how you kick. You are disobedient but still anointed. You are speaking in tongues but still living in Egypt and doing what the Egyptians are doing. Still involving in illegal transactions and corruption and you are still on the usher team or singing in the choir. You will be poisoned. Or stung. When you kick like that, you will get a divine impulse. You need to take your fill and ask, I better say we, we need to take our fill and ask God, what will thou have me to do? So children of God, where are you on this? Only you and I can tell. So he wants Paul to preach Christ. He, Papa God wants Paul if you chose the side of Paul, he wants Paul to sort Elimias out in Acts chapter 39. He wants Paul to sort the damsel who followed children of God, men of God, selling divination and following the men um, of God around. He wants Paul to sort out that spirit of divination that is prevalent in the body of Christ. He wants Paul to sort that spirit out in the name of Jesus. Papa God wants Paul to send a rebuke to the spirit of divination, which is distorting and, and the body of Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus, he wants Paul, Saul to heal the impotence in Acts 14, 8 to 9. He wants Saul to sort the churches out. The churches need sorting out. He wants Saul to, to sort the missionary journeys. Um, sought his travel with Silas and Barnabas. There, there's a lot of Silas and Barnabas and Timothy that needs training, that needs 
that needs grooming, that needs support, that God, Papa God wants Paul to deal with. He wants Paul, Paul to train them up, to be stalwarts in Christ. Um, he wants Paul to deal with the council of Jerusalem. He wants um, Paul to sit around the high table with the, the officials that makes, that makes guidance and, and draft guidance. He wants um, Paul to sit with them and to say, no, this is what is to be done. This is how you do it. You, you know, he wants Paul to deal with the council. He wants Paul to labor in the gospel and sought um, his arrest out. Uh, men of God who have been arrested around the world. He wants Paul to sit in the council to, to sort, to come give counsel, to sort them out, to, to get them out of prison. He wants Saul to sort out his ministerial voyages uh, out, uh, you know, and where he's going. And he wants Saul to, to deal with martyrdom. There are so many uh, ministers who, 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 who around the world who, who are in this position. He wants Saul to offer his godly advice, his godly counsel. And finally, he wants Saul to get ready to write his epitaph. Amen. Um, and um, he said, verse 20, and straight away he preached Christ in the synagogue that he is the son of God. Christ needs to be preached more than ever um, in this season. Christ needs to be preached in the synagogues. The synagogues need to be opened again so that Christ can be preached. Amen. So what a responsibility given to Apostle Paul. And Papa God, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked ways in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Thank you for this burden and for the privilege of sharing this burden with children of God. Let your presence be felt, Papa God, as your children listen to these humble words. Let children of God know that you sent this teaching for them to focus on where they are going and not where they are, they are, they are coming from. You said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts to prosper you, to give you an expected end. Give children of God the grace so they will not kick against the goats or the pricks, but to keep the focus on you. Give them the grace, Father God. And protect them from being stung and poisoned in the name of Jesus. Remove every scale, fog and film from their eyes so they can see and hear from you. Cause a change in their lives. Papa God, that only you and you alone can cause. Give a divine revelation of who you are to all your children who are endeavoring to seek you. You said if they seek you, they will find you. Grant them peace and fresh hope in Jesus' name. Amen. And I close and check out for now. Um, God bless you. Pastor Sandra. Pastor Sandra tells it like it is. 
My teaching is entitled, But Whom Say Ye That I Am? My read is taken from Matthew 16, and I'm reading from verse 13 to 20, and I read, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Then charge ye his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, Caesarea Philippi was a Greco-Roman city located near the ancient city of Dan in the northern part of Israel by Mount Harmon and the Jordan River. And it followed the Bania stream to the Clift area. As you follow, you can tell immediately that you're in a very unique place. There is a rocky face that rises 100 feet above you and 500 feet wide, centered by a foreboding cave with temple ruins strewed about it. It was there that Herod the Great built the Temple of Augustus in 19 BC to honor his Caesar. The temple sat in front of the cave that was believed to be the gateway to, to the underworld where the Greek god Pan lived. Why did I give this, black, this little clip to you? Well, I gave this little backdrop so you can understand where Jesus was when he asked the disciples the question. And the Bible let us to know Jesus was at the coast of Caesarea Philippi when he asks his disciples the questions. The second thing I want you to understand is that the question Jesus asks was not directed to the Pharisees. He didn't direct to his question to the Sadducees or the Herodians or the Galileans or the Romans for them to say who he was. Now, I want you to see how the disciples were eager to give chapter and verse on what the people reported who Jesus was. But Jesus was not interested in what people think about him or who they say that he was, whether he was John the Baptist or Elias or Jeremiah or the prophets. Jesus was only interested in verse 15. And verse 15, he said unto them, the disciples, whom, but whom 
say ye that I am. So the Holy Spirit has sent me to ask children of God the very same question. Who do you say that I am? I repeat, the Holy Spirit has sent me to ask children of God, who do you say that I am? Why? Because who do you say that I am is an individual thing. And only the individual can reply to the question. The Holy Spirit has given me this teaching in this season of pandemic to ask children of God, who do you say that I am? And this is the reality that we need to come to terms with. I heard this loud and clear from the Holy Spirit. He said, this is the reality that we need to come to terms with. The, the people did not know Jesus, so their reply, their reply was guesswork. Some say, say, some say Jesus was John the Baptist. Some thought Jesus was Elias. Some thought Jesus was Jeremiah. Some thought Jesus was the prophet. But Jesus asked his 12 disciples, Who say ye that I am? And guess what? Only one out of the 12 could answer. So although we are with Jesus, it doesn't mean that we know him. Only one disciple could answer the question. The other disciples did not know him. Although they were with him, why didn't they know him? Because to know Christ, not Jesus, to know Christ, not Jesus, to know Christ is by revelation. The disciples knew Christ, but they did, they, the disciples knew Jesus, I mean, but they didn't know the Christ. Christ Jesus is by revelation. The disciples saw Jesus, they saw the mighty works and things that he did. They saw how he caused the blind to see, the deaf to hear, raised from the dead. And he did it before them. They knew Jesus, but they did not know Christ, who the Christ was. Children of God, God has to reveal Christ, Jesus, to you and I. We need to have a revelation of Christ. Amen. We need to have a revelation of Christ Jesus. Christ is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. We need to have this revelation. It is crucial and I cannot stress how crucial it is. We need to have a revelation of Christ. We need to ask Papa God to reveal Christ Jesus to us. We need to use this period to ask Papa God to grant you and I a revelation of Christ Jesus. The day you and I get a revelation of Christ Jesus, our lives will never be the same again. And I stress, the day you and I get a revelation, just a small little revelation of Christ, of Christ Jesus, our lives 
will never be the same again. The day you and I get a revelation of Christ Jesus, we would never ever go in the temple or the church or the synagogue or any building that the name of, of, of Jesus is being called and worship. You will never go in, in that building before the presence of Jesus or the, before the presence of Christ Jesus with a face, a mask over your face. Holy Spirit said, I must tell you, Christ Jesus is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. Isaiah 10, 27. And I read, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Christ Jesus is the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. Let Dagon tell you what happened to him. In 1 Samuel 5, when they tried to put Dagon next to God, the Bible said, and the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. When the Philistine took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was falling upon his face to the earth before the ark of God, and they took Dagon and set him in his place again. And when they arose early on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was falling upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord and the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. That is the burden removing yoke destroying power of God. It will destroy any other God. Any sickness, any disease, any mask, any point of contact, any objects, any graven image beside God. It will destroy it in the name of Jesus. Psalm 97, 5. David said in verse 5, The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Micah 1, verse 4. And the mountain shall be molten under him, and the valley shall be cleft as wax before the fire, and as the waters that are poured down a steep place. Moses said, I will not go except you come with me. In Exodus 33 verses 15, the New Testament prophet said in Matthew 18 verses 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. Children of God, this is the revelation that we need to get. When you and I get this, we will not come in the temple of God wearing masks. God's presence alone will destroy sickness. God's presence alone will destroy masks. God's presence alone will destroy disease will destroy ailments, will destroy bugs, will destroy virus. Why? 
Christ Jesus is in the house. Christ Jesus is in our midst with us. Christ Jesus is in the church building with us. We don't have to, to wear masks before Christ. Mask is of the devil. Mask is of Satan. We need to have an encounter with Christ Jesus. We need to have a revelation with Christ Jesus. You don't have to mask when Christ Jesus is in the house. Christ Jesus is in our home. Christ Jesus is on our job. Christ Jesus is on the bus. Christ Jesus is in the car with us. Christ Jesus is on the airplane. Christ Jesus is in the taxi with us. We need to have an encounter, hallelujah, with Christ Jesus. We need to have a revelatory experience of who Christ Jesus is. We need a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And we need to have a divine encounter with the Christ. Who do you say that I am? He's asking you this question. Who do you say, hallelujah, that I am? David had a revelatory experience of God. And David's revelatory experience allowed him to pen Psalm 97. He said, the hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Hill is not a mountain. David was not talking about a hill. Children of God. Hill is the spiritual size of David's um, challenge. Hill was the spiritual challenge David was facing at the time. But David spoke to the hill and tells the hill in verse 5, you will melt like wax. He said you will melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. David had an encounter with God. He had an encounter with God and he knew nothing that, that was contrary um, to God. Contrary in his life would be contrary to God, to the presence of God. And, and he knew nothing that is contrary to God in his life would be able to withstand God's presence. The same holds for prophet Micah. In Micah chapter 1 verses 4, he said, And the mountain shall be molten unto him, and the valley shall be cleft as wax before the fire, and as the waters that are poured down a steep place. Micah took it to the next level. Prophet Micah, Micah's spiritual challenges were small, similar to David's. And he spoke to them. We need to speak to them, children of God. He tells his challenges, you shall be molten under him. Molten means to melt. He told his challenges, you will melt. Molten means to, 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 to be liquefied, liquefied, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Molten means to dissolve. Molten, molten means thawed out. He said you will be thawed out. You will be liquefied under me. Prophet Micah said, And the valley shall be cleft as wax before the fire, and as the waters that are poured down a steep place. Children of God, our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a devouring fire. Release the consuming fire. 
and release the devouring fire to every mountain, to every hill, to every sickness and to every disease. Mountain will melt like wax. Crooked road will be straight. Rough road will be smooth. Moses added in Exodus 33, 15 and said, I will not go except you come with me. Further still, listen how the New Testament prophet uses God's presence in Matthew 18, 20. He said, verse 20, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Who is this in the midst of them? Christ Jesus. Who is he talking about? He's talking about the unseen, living in the scene without leaving the scene, where two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. So you don't have to mask up when you come in the presence of the Lord. We need to have a revelation of the Christ. We need to have a revelation of Christ Jesus and stop insulting the power of God. Don't insult the power of Christ Jesus. Don't insult the power of the Christ. Moses said, I'm not going anywhere except you come. For where the two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. So we need a revelation in this period, in this season of Christ Jesus. Our lives, children of God, will never be the same. When you and I have an encounter with Christ Jesus, our lives will never be the same when you have a revelation of Christ. But who do you say? He's asking the question again. He told me to ask you, who do you say that I am? Peter's life was never the same when God revealed Christ Jesus to him. Verse 16, he said, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ. Who is the Christ? The burden removing the yoke destroying power of God. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And I like this because the twelve were there. But God and Jesus chose Simon Barjona to reveal the Christ. Who is, who is Christ Jesus? Burden removing again. Yoke destroying power of God. And Jesus answered and said, you know, Jesus came into it with God. He said in verse 17, and Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Blessed are thou Simon Barjona. Barjona means the son of John. So the originator gave Simon Barjona. The revelation of Christ Jesus. Man was built in the image and likeness of God. In the book of Genesis tells us that we were made, created in the image and likeness of God. But the built of man was on the rock. Praise God. Who is the rock? The Bible lets us to know in verse 18. Jesus added to it and proclaimed. Did you see that? Jesus added to it and proclaimed in verse 18, and I, Jesus, I, personal pronoun, and I, Jesus, also say, my God, unto thee, Peter, thou, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, Jesus, the Son of Man, I will build my church. Before I go into it, the church of Jesus Christ is not a building, never a building. 
The Church of Jesus Christ is not bricks and cement, water columns, roof, a bell on top of the roof, and a cross on top of the roof with windows and doors and seats. The church Jesus was referring to was a person, the person of Peter. He said, Peter, I'm going to build you, but I, I will be the one that is going to do the building in you. I will be building and living on the inside of you at the same time. I will be the unseen living in the seam, which is, which is you, without leaving my position and placement in heaven. And I, Jesus, also say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon the rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you, Peter. Jesus literally took an oath when he said this to Peter. I, Jesus, also say unto thee, thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What does he mean by this? Satan provided I am giving access to this life, provided I'm giving access to this church, providing I'm giving access to take residence in this church, in this life. Satan, you will not have a foothold in this life. Satan, you will not gain entry to, to this life. Satan, you will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Satan, you will not triumph. Satan, you will not succeed and you will never succeed, providing I am given full reign of this life, of this church. Satan, you will not overcome this church. God has given Peter the keys to stop all entries, spiritually and physically, of coming into his life. I will give you, yes, Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. The keys are given to the New Testament children of God. Use them. New Testament children of God have to take the keys. They are the keys to take authority over the fish in the sea, the fall of the air, and anything that creeps, sickness, disease, virus, foul activities, must take authority over them. But you need a revelation of Christ Jesus in order for you to do so. And the reason is because um, revelation knowledge will make you challenge abnormalities, will make you challenge qualities and features. Revelation gives you the ability to pull down, to throw down, to dismantle, to destroy, to disorganize and scatter the wilds of the, the devil. Revelation challenges things that are different, challenges things that are wrong. The gates of hell are the forces that are trying to close the church buildings and our place of worship. The gates of hell are the forces that are trying to mute the church. The gates of hell are the forces that are trying to put a quota on the amount that should be coming to, to church to worship. But the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Children of God, we must open our mouth this season. This is the year of the mouth. We must rebuke the gates of hell. This is the year of the mouth. We need to get a revelation of Christ Jesus before we can challenge the gate of hell. We cannot challenge the forces of darkness without a revelation of Christ Jesus. 
Christ is the one that raises Jesus from the dead. You need to have a revelation of Christ. Or Satan will ask you, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? We need this revelation to bind and loose things in the first and second heaven. There is no bind and loosing in the third heaven. Because why? Father God lives in the third heaven. There's no need for binding and loosing in the third heaven. So Father God, we thank you for this teaching. Thank you for the grace to release this burden. Grant your children this spiritual insight, spiritual acumen that they need to overcome the wiles of the devil and the disguises and the lies and the camouflage and the concealment and the smoke screens of the devil. Give them the spiritual acumen they need to bind and loose. Let them have a spiritual, give them a spiritual encounter of the Christ. The burden removing you, destroying power of God. The Bible said you breathe into Adam and Adam became a living soul. We ask you, Father God, let this teaching begin to breathe upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Sandra checking out. God bless you.